Hello and welcome to another edition of uh, the 81 All Out podcast. I'm Sidvi, and uh, joining us today is uh, Mohammad Isam, who is the uh, cricket correspondent for Crickinfo in uh, Bangladesh. Uh, Isam is uh, based in Dhaka, and for the last um, uh, over a decade, actually, he has been um, reporting stories out of uh, Bangladesh about the Bangladesh cricket team, and uh, often is uh, my a uh, single a single source for news about uh, uh, bangladesh cricket uh, also joining us is ashoka uh, who is uh, part of the 81 all out gang and uh, who is regular on the podcast so hi guys hello hey hey guys yeah so to start with uh, uh, isam i mean uh, i i have to start with this because this is uh, you know one of the biggest stories to have come out of cricket and it puts uh, the game of cricket itself uh you know it, it pales in comparison to what happened and what you went through so tell us a bit about uh, uh christchurch and uh, uh i read a lot about uh, what happened there and your your wonderful pieces as well describing uh the atmosphere and tension uh, that the players went through but uh, t- tell us about uh, you know there's been a bit of time that has passed now uh, have you uh, been in touch with the players and what They've been. Uh, what is their mindset like going into the big tournament like the World Cup? How much have they gotten over it, and will they ever get over such a thing? Um, thanks, thanks, Sid. Uh, to be honest with you, I think I think they are over it on the short term basis. In in, in the sense that they would have to uh, keep it on the down low. I think I don't think it'll help them in a in a big tournament. I think more than the World Cup, they'll be away from home for about seventy five days. give or take so i think it'll help them not to think about it but from what i have heard and from the conversations i've had with a number of players over the last uh, month or so i i don't think it'll ever leave them permanently i don't think um i think it's it's similar to it's actually uh, the sri lankan players who went through the lahore attack i've i've spoken to uh, tilan samarawira once um a couple of years ago he was the bangladesh uh, batting coach at that time and he mentions it quite frequently in conversations whenever it comes up he he's glad to talk about it um, it's a topic that comes so it's been like what 10 years that since that thing happened but someone who was directly involved he doesn't forget it and i feel that um, it'll take a very very long time for the bangladesh players to come at peace with it but um, at the moment they have stopped talking about it in public they have they hardly mention it to me even but um i can feel it like i recently met mahmudullah in the cricket board he was talking to someone and i went into the room and uh, one of the first things he mentioned was how was i coping with it so it's um it's also b- because we were all there 20 21 of us um it's that sort of bonding as well which is why he asked me but i think he d- he does speak about it and you can't forget the fact that they are stars and people will ask them about it like when we landed in singapore from auckland uh, sorry from christchurch on that uh, on the following day there were a lot of bangladeshis who asked tamim mahmudullah and the other players what happened because everyone wanted to know it from them they read it everywhere but they wanted to hear it from the from the horse mouth to speak so i think um it does give you uh, when you think about it it's not a great feeling but i think there are positives to come out of these things as well um for the bangladesh team i think young guys were there as well so they have a hard time forgetting it you know excited uh, excitable kids they would always talk about it but i think they have they have to keep it down now now that they are already in ireland and then they'll be going to the world cup yeah i mean uh, uh, bangladesh cricket has always uh, come across to me as you know one of the most uh, passionate uh, sort of uh, they have one of the most passionate fan bases and even the way they play their cricket you know there is a lot of passion that goes into it i mean cricket often when you see bangladesh play uh, it seems like much more than a game there it is uh, there is something else that is uh, very powerful there but does such an incident uh, you know which is a matter of uh, life and death where they were just two minutes away from um, a tragedy with such an incident has that sort of um, uh, given a new perspective both to the players as well as uh, what you're noticing with the fans and do you feel like uh, they don't uh, do that well in the world cup i mean i'm just assuming they could do very well but if they don't do that well do you feel that fans could be a little more forgiving after this because uh, of what has happened um unfortunately uh, said i would 
love to i would love to agree with you but we have a set of fans here who are very passionate when you talk about them positively but at the same time they forget very easily so i'm sorry to say this but i i don't think um it will add too much to uh, say to give them some sympathy it all it obviously the fans are very concerned when it happened but i think two months is a very long time in in the age of the internet so um, by the time the world cup starts in four weeks i honestly don't think that it'll come up as a factor it should it it must it it could have because you're saying that they're very passionate they love the team they love the players but judging by i'm sorry i'm laughing but judging by how <laughs> the fans reacted to the 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 jersey and how uh, all these things keep happening in bangladesh cricket it's very interesting but you don't really think when a jersey jersey is launched you don't think it'll become a national issue it'll reach the parliament where the prime minister will talk about it. you don't think about that <laughs> <laughs> that shows that from the prime minister to the most ordinary person in the country everyone loves cricket everyone talks about it but and the world cup is huge in bangladesh i think um it it, it you can you can say that maybe in india the passion is dying off a little bit because there are other sports now other things to talk about other things to do other forms of entertainment in bangladesh the main national conversation is cricket it starts with cricket and then you can go into other things so to answer your question and and to finally answer your question properly no i don't think the uh, christchurch incident will will lessen the burden of the bangladesh players. yeah i think uh, in terms of the there is a certain arc in uh, fa- uh, fandom in uh, with different countries and i think uh, bangladesh is probably where india was uh, in the i would say early 2000s in the 2003 world cup when india lost uh, matches early on you know play, uh, players houses were stoned and all that i mean that was uh for india that was taking things to an extreme and i don't think i mean at 2007 world cup as well i think uh, bangladesh is pretty much in that arc of hoping and uh, the hope is really really high and i think india after 2011 after they won the world cup and then after the ipl is really took off another zone uh, i think uh, uh, in india india's reaction to their team is slightly different now you you don't hear too much of fpg burning and you don't hear much of these uh, stone pelting and all i think because they you are giving ideas to fans don't do <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i should uh, <laughs> i should but uh, coming back to christchurch you know um, what is uh, t- talk about yourself i mean okay the, there are fans can be rational and all that but yourself and as a cricket writer somebody covering cricket uh, is it something that uh, has given you a new perspective and when you write on the game now Uh, will you feel do you feel that you come into it in a different kind of slightly different zone absolutely i think there are two sides to it first of all i would talk about my profession and how writing under pressure uh, it was my first sort of writing about a real incident cricket is obviously real but cricket something outside cricket i had to report on 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 a real sort of a terrorism as attack on 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 a mosque and then the bangladesh team was involved very close to getting attacked so that has given me i think a lot of confidence in covering everything as in if you can do that sort of thing maybe um other things become easier i think that's how you maybe you play a fast bowler and then other medium paces become easy for you something like that i think that's first of all that's one thing from my from my perspective in in terms of being a journalist and obviously looking at these things very closely you realize that the whole i mean you live in a bubble um especially on a tour said you you would know this i mean on a tour you you actually live in a bubble you don't really know what date it is you just look for the day you're going to leave or a match you know uh, maybe uh, you're chasing an interview interestingly i was chasing kane williamson's interview that morning he it was a 50 50 thing uh, he was supposed to uh, give a fitness test if he was fit for the test match i would have taken his interview but then i don't know whether you remember this but team saudi was named as the captain for that test match and uh, kane williamson had to leave because he didn't go through that uh, that fitness test so so i started that day chasing kane williamson and then i got chased out by a by a terrorist i mean so that's the sort of thing maybe uh, it gives it obviously gives me a new perspective of life and i do question myself at times like what prompted me to run over there i think all this all these things are in destiny maybe and i think when tamim made that second phone call by that time i was prepared to go and save him which is a ridiculous thing to think right now because what i was up against was 
was an automatic weapon. I mean, what was I thinking? And the first time I saw the Bangladesh team bus, I thought the team bus was being attacked. But then they ran out and then I, I think I got the greatest relief of my life that no, they're all alive. I counted them. And, uh, and for, the, for that whole 24 hours, it, it went by in a flash. But it, now it seems it went by in a flash. But at that time, every minute felt like a torture because we were, we were cloistered inside this stadium uh, Hadley, at the Hagley Oval. Uh, we were inside this uh, large um, sort of a, the main pavilion where, where the guests sit from, from the Christchurch uh, area. So we were stuck up over there for four hours. I think every minute was excruciating. Um, everyone started to panic because every hour we were hearing the death toll going up and we were not sure if it was uh, in other parts of Christchurch as well. We were not allowed to go in, in just near the, 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 the window panes because, well, no one was sure what was happening. So that four hours really, I mean, I would never like to go back there, but that 24 hours went by very quickly. So I felt that um, when it comes to, I think, I think journalists, they, they are a little misunderstood at times. Like maybe when we ask too many questions, uh, uh, someone who stands around or hears this or sees this press conference in a, in, a, in a live TV, people can wonder why we ask so many questions or why do we bother about so many things? Because at the end of the day, I think uh, storytelling, journalism, reporting, uh, you need to know what's happening. So I think when I ran over there, part of me was a journalist. I wanted to know what was going on. I think that curiosity or whatever you call it, that nosiness, I think these things come with the territory. I think nobody's, I don't know whether anyone thinks that they're born a journalist, but when you have been around for 10 years, you get that, you have, you, you grow that uh, sense of curiosity to know everything. When I met Tamim for the first time, the first thing I told him was, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, no, I can understand. It was, he said, this is New Zealand. How can you believe me? That's the whole point of it. Like, yeah, you said sorry because you had initially thought he was joking, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing and it's also terrifying. And uh, I guess the next, uh, you know, this is something that you have to live with now. And uh, over time, things may, you may... <laughs> sort of it may the memories uh, may slightly fade but you're never going to forget it yes. which uh, brings uh, me to a listener question uh, we have uh, sudarshan sudarshanan 7 who's saying that who's asking that if this shakib missing the team photo does it concern you it seems like one of those star behaviors which isn't good for a team sport no, it doesn't concern me at all because the team is aware of Shakib's stature in Bangladesh cricket, which is extremely high. And we can't forget the fact that Shakib is a big game player. He 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 does well in big tournaments, big matches. I I think he was he is already forgotten about it. I think um, to be honest with you, the team doesn't really care. They they know. It's obviously it doesn't sound well that he didn't turn up for the team photo. But there will be more team photos. I don't think it's something to be too worried about. But of course, um, he could have avoided it. Mm. He, he could have just turned up for the photo. Nothing would have. This is kind of a norm. How Bangladesh cricket is set up in terms of players. stuff. Like, uh, what would you make of the World Cup squad that they have picked? Yeah, I think it's the best team that they could have picked, frankly. Um, the two questions that, are, uh, that, that, that was being discussed was, of course, Taskin Ahmed and uh, Imrul Kais, why they were not being picked. And in front of them, they picked Liton Das and uh, Abu Jayad. I'll just give you a brief explanation. I think what happened was uh, Taskin wasn't fit when they were picking the squad. And uh, he hadn't given a good vibe from the one, you know, list A game that he played. So they, they obviously wanted him. They, were, they had picked him for New Zealand, but uh, he had an injury during the BPL. So he missed out in New Zealand and his recovery was quite slow. The, the ankle, the, the ligaments he tore, it, it took him a little bit of time. So I think that's why they didn't pick him. And Abu Jayad impressed in uh, New Zealand. He didn't take a lot of wickets, but he did bowl well in, in conditions where the ball, you know, it offered a bit to the bowlers. And he's the only, probably the only guy who can swing the ball. You have Rubel, who's an out-and-out fast bowler, who'll be the enforcer if he plays. You have Mashrafi, who will just cut the ball both ways. It'll be difficult for Mashrafi in England. Um, you have Jayad, who it's like, Guys, it's, it's a bit like picking Adam Dale in 99 World Cup or Tom Moody, thinking that they might be useful 
full on a say a bit of a you know a cloudy morning maybe so he's not being picked for uh, all the matches he's basically being picked for a condition so that's one point and imrul kais was not picked i think it's because of his um, how poorly he played against west indies although he did score a lot of runs against zimbabwe now the selectors were a little unkind to him when they didn't pick him in 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 uh, new zealand and i felt that uh, maybe liton was getting a little too many favors um, despite not scoring a lot of runs but the, the the main thing in bangladesh cricket is um, you ask anyone in the bangladesh team or among the, among the senior players or management they are really really impressed with liton and the fact that he might do something one day i think now they have an example to show it's a bit like an ashraful sort of a conundrum like look he did well against india in the asia cup final you can't beat that i think there's an argument over there that against bumrah and against uh, i think it was ravindra jadeja and it was a strong bowling lineup he did score 121 but then he didn't score much afterwards so that that is a, a bit of a tricky call but still i feel it's uh, it's it's very close it's not that not as if imrul kais would have won them a lot of matches or abu jaid is going to or taskin is going to lot, win them a lot of matches they're just taking a call and the fact is taskin is in the ireland squad so you never know uh, if there's an injury or the thing that they want to change one player before may 23rd so that might come in but i really doubt whether imrul kais unless there's an injury he would come in but uh, so so following up with that question that uh, imrul seems to be kind of capturing the spirit of the last 5 years of bangladesh cricket right like 2015 is when you, you kind of knew that mustafizur is going to be the next big thing because you won against south africa you won against india and then and then there was a slight dip and then england came home you won a test match and then Mehdi Hassan was the next big thing. So it is also, and then Mosaddegh came in and he he kind of uh, performed in a couple of matches. Uh, and that, in context with what Imrul has done, so Imrul has had phases where he was like really, really good and really consistent. And then when you think that you solved that problem, and his form dips, and that's same with Mahamadullah as well. Like in 2015 World Cup, he was kind of walking on water, right? Uh, yeah. yeah but then the mohammadullah of late is like is not even a patch on what he was in 2015 so there seems to be a sinusoidal thing where you guys reach a peak and then you come back down so what seems to be the issue there why is this kind of wild fluctuations happening all the time yeah and you can go back to uh, ashraful even tamim at the start of his career was exactly what you explained mohammadullah is having or what uh, imrul kais has been having for a very long time so just to go by case by case imrul kais obviously very inconsistent in terms of series by series he does well in one series and then you'll just forget that he did well i think that counted against him when he was being picked for the world cup he was i mean i recently when i was uh, covering one game in chittagong i was sitting in just on a preview day i was sitting outside just the nets he was crossing me and he asked me what are you doing and i said i just found out some stat for you he said what i said you have missed this number of years in cricket by just not being informed you missed out on one year so what you said ashoka is very interesting he had good years and then he followed it up with a really bad year example 2010 2011 he was not around for 2012 he came back in 2014 for a while as a as a one day player and then came back into the test team then he became a test player he wasn't in the one day team so his form is not always consistent that is one problem i think that masterfi and the senior players have with him is that it's not consistent behavior as well so i think his body language is sort of a prop, has has had a effect on uh, what the the selectors or the management has thought about him or the senior players the senior players have a lot of say in bangladesh cricket secondly you mentioned mahmudullah that's interesting actually i don't disagree with you fully he did play very well in the 2015 world cup but from 2015 world cup he had a bit of a downtime in those three series that you mentioned india pakistan but sorry pakistan india and south africa then hathura singh rediscovered him as a as a t20 hitter in the slog overs or in the last five in that 2016 sort of window at the start bangladesh played a lot of t20s leading up to the world t20 you'll go and check his uh, strike rate it's remarkably different he was around uh, i think all bangladeshi players are around the 110 mark he just shot up 
he became this big hitter and then he started to get call ups to cpl and psl very interesting and he played very well in the uh, nidehas trophy last year won bangladesh couple of games even in that really difficult situation against sri lanka when shakib called the team back he went back he scored that winning six against isurudana so he again that's another problem he now has a role in t20 he has the similar similar role in the last 10 overs of an odi you'll see him do that in the world cup if he's in good form he can really ramp it up for bangladesh in terms of run rate but in test cricket he really has a lost role i think now he's not really clear what he has to do he scored a counter attacking 100 in in hamilton yeah i was about test. to say that I, i was about to say that ironically he made a 100 recently in tests yeah so again that was a very counter attacking 100 where neil wagner was just bombing them with bouncers and then they realized that if they just played fine they were going to get some runs and the wicket was a little slow on that day so he got away with it and again all those matches he's been playing one false shot after scoring 30 or 40 so maybe um, i spoke to hathur singh about him about, i think a few months before hathur singh left his job and he told told me that yeah there is a bit of confusion there he is a hitter in t20s he's a very good hitter in in odis towards the end but then does he want to be that hitter does he want to be that test cricketer i think there is a bit of a confusion there so coming to uh, this point and just taking off on it um i had uh, i don't know i hope i was right when i saw that uh, stat about uh, bangladesh struggling to chase uh, big totals in the last 4 uh, years uh, i saw I, i checked the stats and it said that they have chased on their one only one match where they chased 280 plus since the last world cup uh, you can confirm that but uh, is is that been a big concern for them and has i i feel that if bangladesh have to you know chase a big total uh, you know the mamadullah becomes such a crucial factor for them because uh, of how he can uh, play in uh, different years shepherd the uh, middle order and as well as hit so is that uh, something that uh, you have noticed and is that a concern going into england where they're probably going to be 300 plus scores yeah that, that's definitely a concern and i think that has been really uh, been a concern for bangladesh for i would say around the last even th- even though they have done well since since 2015 um it has been a concern it has definitely been a problem that even totals of 250 becomes difficult for them mainly because they really don't have big hitters down the order you cannot expect bangladesh honestly you cannot expect bangladesh to um, maybe score 280 or 300 every day under pressure they might do it once in a while but they are a middling 250 260 side that's one of the reasons why they keep saying that they should play more away from the home, away from home because they play so much in in mirpur um where the wicket offers them about 240 if you bat first and on a bad day you're going to be bowled out for 170 because the ball keeps low so coming back to what you asked yeah i think um they are a good batting lineup if you bat first and you decently they would bat if if they batted really well they would score a 320 330 they are not a 350 side yet isn't that weird when you say that this is a team that can't chase 320 because among the teams in the world cup itself i think bangladesh have a very solid and experienced middle order right they have shakib they have mushfiqur uh, they have mohammadullah and you add shabir rahman who's been around for a bit and then you have uh, uh, murtaza who can you, you who can hit it so that's a solid five starting from like number 4 right on on top you have tamim and you have uh, uh, swami sarkar who's been around for a while so you have players tried and tested players in that squad who can step it up and who have step it up uh, in previous occasions so it is kind of weird that these it is the stat that bangladesh has like in the many years they haven't chased to 80 Yeah, uh, it is interesting. I think, as I said, it, they play so many ODI series at home, Ashoka. That that at the end of the day, um, they 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 have it wired in them that they're going to chase. If they chase, it's going to be two fifty, and you'll see them chasing a lot of two fifty scores. They do it quite well. Two fifty. Sometimes they'll score two in tricky chases against good bowling lineups. They can still manage it. But in the last five years, even after the two thousand fifteen World Cup, when it was a boom for Bangladesh, it hasn't been a sort of an england style boom that their players are used to seeing 320 chasing 320 or setting up 320 and the other team maybe fall they 
a few times it has happened against Pakistan. They scored 329. They won the game. It, it happened a few times. They did chase 260 or a thing against. I can't remember exactly who it was against, but they did. There was a few innings there, but that habit isn't there. You're right. They have a very good middle order. It, potentially, they can do it. See, against uh, against New Zealand in Cardiff, two batsmen got set. It was even after losing four wickets early, they won the game against New Zealand in the Champions Trophy, which put them in the semi-final. So it has happened once in a while, but it's not like uh, Evan Morgan's England that they'll keep doing it ev- again and again because they don't play in that sort of those sort of wickets. So talking about the bowling now, on a, imagine it is a you know typical batting wicket. Uh, smallish ground. Uh, what what would be your? Um, I mean, no no real cloud clouds in the sky. So you know, a great batting day. What would be your uh, bowling attack for such a setup? I mean, Mustafa, I guess, is there because he's the captain. But who would be the other bowlers? In my book, it should always be Rubel, uh, the number two. But the coach doesn't really prefer Rubel. He prefers Mohammad Saifuddin, the all-rounder. So, I think Bangladesh, if you ask me, ideally, it should be Rubel who would um, bowl in the middle overs and then cut down the runs in the, in the end. I think Mustafiz and Rubel combines very well in the slog overs. They've done well in the past. Uh, even like in the last 12 months, 12 to 18 months, they've done well in that sort of uh, those overs. And Rubel bowls well in the middle. Saifuddin is an interesting one. He's an all-rounder and he has that ability to get a wicket with a slower one or with a, with a bouncer but he also got he does get smashed sometimes so david miller got after him in a, in a t20 in south africa and within a few weeks darren sammy went after him in the bpl went for 30 odd so he has had those blips but that's the best thing about saifuddin that even after those blips he has bounced back very quickly and he's done well but as you have said that on a say on a very flat sort of wicket in england uh, I would always prefer um, Rubel in the middle because Mustafiz needs a bit of a roughness on the wicket. To, like, like a lot of spinners do, Mustafiz needs a bit of cut from the wicket. It has to come from the wicket, off the wicket. It doesn't, he doesn't do anything on, in the air. Mashafi obviously can move the ball at times, but again, he also relies a lot on the wicket, giving him that, 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 the ball that can you know, stop on the batsman. But Rubel is different. Rubel, obviously, he can bowl the reverse swing. He has a bit of a sling now in his action. He still has a little bit. So the Yorkers can come in. He's, I think he's Bangladesh's best Yorker bowler at the moment. But a little underrated, even after doing well in the World Cup. He does have injury issues. But I think what the coach didn't like about Rubel, and I'm just going out on a limb to say this, um, Rubel doesn't bowl well in test cricket. He's the worst. He has the worst average. Just go and check. Minimum 3,000 balls. He's a, he's a, he's a nightmare. The, the first time the coach saw him bowl was in a test match. Attitude probably isn't great, to be honest. So maybe um, he might be a second choice after Saifuddin. But on that wicket, I think Shakib will be handy. Any wicket, I think Shakib will keep it down if Mashrafi can keep it down. And then if they don't play Rubel, they'll most likely be playing Saifuddin. So that's another gamble. Yeah, it always uh, seems to me that uh, the problem for many Bangladesh players start when they come into international cricket but until then there is so much to so much of potential and that bangladesh really have a problem of uh, you know uh, <laughs> selecting players it is the it is the maintenance of that talent and that fitness and the and the sort of the retaining their form over a period of time that seems to be the issue let me just get this quick question in from uh, uh, snehal pradhan uh, who is a yeah. columnist and uh, former cricket, uh, cricketer as well. She's asked about the structure and health of women's cricket in Bangladesh. So, if you can just talk a bit about that, it'd be great. Yeah, I, I saw that question. Yes, um, the structure is club cricket again. And there is, a, there is a regional tournament. They play two or three tournaments. I saw one-day cricket. Um, they're trying to introduce... I think there they're, have been talks of introducing longer form or the shortest form. But I think um, there's not a lot of money in women's cricket right now. The BCB is trying to um, the BCB is trying to hold a lot of tournaments, but I think their main focus is the national team, the national women's team, which has done well last year, to be honest. At their level, they've done well. They've beaten India in the, in the Asia, Asia Cup, in, I think in Malaysia. They did quite well. So that helped. Um, maybe a little more money will come up. There is a lot of people who want to sponsor uh, women's cricket because it's such a beautiful story that they 
have beaten india in the in the in one game and then they beat india again they've done well in that tournament and then they qualified for the world t20 so um the structure is club cricket like in 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 the dhaka league how the men's cricket is played so they have two tiers over there and then they have the national tournament which is a number of uh, regional teams that they play for okay okay interesting so uh, coming to uh, another question from uh, 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 <laughs> from your colleague i guess ronak kapoor is are you the <laughs> most influential uh, person in bangladesh cricket <laughs> he says uh, he has heard that nazmul hasan asks you for tickets said <laughs> look um in in because the dhaka stadium is the mirpur stadium is so small 20000 people there might be a time when nazmul hasan will come and say please can i have a ticket because everyone is looking for ticket but no i'm not <laughs> not at all influential i'm just another cricket journalist working in in bangladesh cricket of course um i've been working for about 10 12 years there are far better journalists far more experienced journalists in bangladesh you might know a few of them but because not a lot of them write in english um they don't have the sort of exposure that i have had uh, in the last 7 years working for cricket info so i'm really blessed that i'm working for cricket info but definitely uh, i also think that ronak is is extremely powerful so that 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 is true the my part is is like really a big exaggeration Okay, let's just say Ronak is the most powerful man in Indian cricket. Then. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but uh, I actually remember meeting um, uh, a few uh, back in two thousand six during the Champions Trophy, which was held in India. Uh, there were quite a bit of a Bangladesh uh, uh, journalists who had come to cover the game. I met quite a lot of them. I spent time with them, and one of the things they uh, sort of uh, mentioned was the same thing that you're mentioning now. They said that because they write in. Uh, uh bangla they they don't have as big a reach as uh you know many of the other people who write in english and uh, they were you know thinking that uh, they were trying to ask if they would uh, we would want to collaborate in terms of translations or something like that so i think yes I, for you uh, to be writing in english on a, a global website a really popular website I think makes a big difference to uh, uh, people. Uh, I mean, um, more than uh, to the people in Bangladesh itself. I think from the for the outside world to uh, realize what's happening and to understand Bangladesh cricket. I think you play a big role. But talking about the language, is that something that you do? You do you think in English or do you think in Bangla? How do you write? Do you translate a lot when you write? Because I guess you when you speak to your players, they are speaking to you in Bangla anyway, right? Yeah, I speak to them in Bangla mostly, except Tamim Iqbal, who likes to give all his answers in English, and then it becomes a very difficult thing for the Bangla guys to. Then they have to. Anyways, I think um, yeah, I have to speak to them in Bangla on most occasions, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I've grown up in that sort of environment where my mom, my, my mother, my father, they like to read in English. They made sure that I always read, you know, English books and everything. So that that was one thing, and then um, I read a lot. Maybe you, you. I've, I think I've read all your pieces in Cricket Info. Whenever you've written in those Pakistan series, India-Pakistan series, and obviously Rahul's pieces, I've memorized his book. And he's the reason. I told him when I met him last year in in, in Bangalore that he's the reason I became a I became a journalist. And um, yeah, I have his book by heart, uh, the Pandits from Pakistan. And again, I think one thing that that I I sometimes feel I'm a little different from others in Bangladesh or even. even some of the other uh, international reporters that have that have read a lot of crap books as well like really bad cricket books but the the point being that i really really love reading uh, small books and i've read shweb akhtar's book just to mention it wasn't well written after the after he made his debut that part is poorly written but as i'm as i'm trying to say that i read a lot so maybe that's why um yeah i i get that perspective from players and i i have that sort of uh, i keep asking and also don't forget i play cricket as well so that helps as well you're leg spinner right no left arm spinner how can i how can i be anything but how can you be anything but a left arm spinner in bangladesh right yeah <laughs> That's platform yeah, is to ask people, man. Such questions. No, I should have known this. He had written this yeah. uh, in a piece, and uh, I edited it. I just uh, pulled his leg by saying he's a leg spinner because I'm still waiting for the great uh, Bangladesh leg spinner to arrive, and I, I'm waiting for the great Bangladesh uh, mystery. I mean, you know, I think Bangladesh produced so many spinners that they should have had eight great spinners by now. 
so I'm, uh, but I'm, right. I have hope. I have hope that the great uh, Bangladesh leg spinner will come and uh, take six uh, hundred wickets. So, but but yeah. uh, talking. I mean, we have spoken a lot about uh, you know Bangladesh cricket and team and all that. But talking about you yourself, I mean, uh, growing up would have been quite a heady time, right, to follow Bangladesh cricket. I mean, I'm talking about the '97, the famous win against Kenya in the ICC Trophy, qualifying, uh, you know, for a World Cup, then beating Pakistan in that World Cup, uh, then getting international status. I mean, all that is like a huge steps for a cricket team, right? Yeah, we lived through it. I mean, the kids who grew up in the '90s, the kids like me, we um, we remember the dates, the moments, the time, uh, the, the 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 number of balls some batsman played. So it's a bit like um, uh, India winning in '83. Obviously, was a big deal for for people who were who were teenagers at that time, right? And then in the '90s, obviously, you you uh, saw 2001. When they beat uh, when they beat Australia in those two tests, those were amazing times yeah. for us. It obviously it wasn't as big that scale, but ICC trophy against Kenya. Kenya was a good side at that time. Bangladesh always had a hard time beating them. Actually, Sid, what really made it such a big moment was Bangladesh struggling since '79 to qualify to the World Cup. So every year got close. '79, '82, '86, '90. I remember in 1994, it was the best of all time. The squad was brilliant. They've won a lot of regional tournaments. Then they went to the tournament in Kenya and it was a huge flop. So, and 97 was probably the last chance. I think after that, the government wouldn't have supported cricket because it was becoming too expensive. They're doing everything to make sure that they won the ICC trophy. And again, uh, when they won the tournament, the celebrations coincided with the Bengali New Year on April the 14th. The, the final went through two days, 12th and 13th of April. I mean, you can imagine me remembering dates. Um, so it must have been something else. So yeah. So mid-90s, and it moved so fast. In 97, they won the ICC trophy. In 2000, they played their first test match. So that whole transition during that time, it was obviously there was a lot of help from uh, Jack Mohandalmia in the ICC table. But the fact that Bangladesh's uh, passion could be shown in just three years. That was a great effort by the BCB at that time. Saber Hossein Chaudhary was the president. Very interesting. Like he um, was a board president in 1996 or ni- late 95. He went to a board meeting, the first board meeting that he had had. And he asked everyone that I want to play, I want the team to play test cricket. Is it possible? And everyone laughed at him. In the matter of four years, he made sure that they played test cricket. That's, that's, something, to, that's something to remember for Bangladesh. I think he's forgotten. <laughs> that's how it works these days. But that sort of contribution, the fact that he had that vision, and we were kids at that time. Every day there was something happening. <laughs> they held the, I think you remember, the mini World Cup. Now yeah. they call it the trophy. That, you know, Tendulkar scoring that 140, you had uh, someone called Philo Wallace. He, he's, he's struck 100. Clayton uh, Lambert the, and Philo Wallace opening the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And South Africa winning that trophy. I mean, how can you forget that tournament? Yeah, their only ICC <laughs> trophy, right? Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And they came with an understand team. Jack Callis was just coming out as an all-rounder. So our memory were filled with these players. And the fun thing is, which I miss these days, is that we always had a second team. My second team was Australia. My cousin's second team was Pakistan. My mother's second team. By second team, I mean that we obviously supported Bangladesh when they were playing. But because Bangladesh played so few so few international matches back then in the late 80s and early 90s, we always supported one team. We we felt very close to Sri Lanka when they won the World Cup. Um, in my house, my mom loves sort of Ganguly, so she was India. And uh, later, I found out my father-in-law. She, uh, he was uh, my father-in-law was a Paki, diehard Pakistan fan, and I had so many diehard Pakistan fans, diehard West Indies fans in the 80s. So we all adopted these teams as our own teams. Like I think we all do when when Argentina and Brazil plays the World Cup. We we choose one of those European teams or these teams. So. Cricket was always big in our in our growing up years. Yeah, and in terms of uh, you know, uh, the, I, one thing I found uh, in terms of the players in Bangladesh is that, uh, <laughs> and I found it uh, very very um, touching was that uh, in the initial years at least I don't know how it is now, but each one was always referred to by their nickname. You know, you had uh, uh, Habibul Basha, you had uh, Pilot, uh, and then you had. Uh, Pilot, and then you had Nanu, 
and then you had uh, all those nicknames and play, uh, journalists always refer to them by their nickname even in reports you would you would read about uh, only the nicknames and i i found that very touching i, I felt that you know that's a really big bond that uh, they share with the uh, fans and journalists yeah it's a it's a bangladesh thing uh, everyone has a nickname here especially people from the north so it's um i recently made a quiz on sparkle i would i'll send you the link of all the nicknames of everyone who's ever played test cricket for bangladesh so um or i think i've made a list of everyone who has ever played for bangladesh so i've made that list of uh, nicknames so yeah i think i would say more than half have, a, have they all have one nickname that everyone i think it's a very bengali thing you'll go to any uh, household in kolkata and you'll find a koko or a babu you know yeah the dark go, nam right what they call yeah yeah Okay, so what is Akram Khan's uh, nickname? If you can remember. Oh no, no, he doesn't have a nickname. He doesn't have a nickname. See, see, I thought that would be a case because uh, he was such an imposing figure. Like he was. No, no, no. Uh, see, it does come from his figure, or doesn't come from his uh, cricketing days. It's a, it's given by the family. So Nannu, the the chief selector now, his name is Minhajul Abidin Nannu. It came from his family. Khalid oh, was a okay. pilot. Yeah, yeah, and Amin Aminul Islam Bulbul. Right, Bulbul is the name of a bird. Yeah. yeah. Lot of Bulbuls. There's a very famous actor in Bangladesh called Bulbul Ahmed. So, it's a very common name and and people have this nickname. Yeah, and Khalid Mashood was a pilot, right? Yes. And so the, the interesting thing is in the north northwestern area Rajshahi, they give uh, English nicknames to their kids. So Ah, okay, okay, okay. Cricketer okay. called Cornell. C O L O N E L. That's how <laughs> that's his nickname so oh, interesting this is like uh, you know in the in the Ka- bombay they have this kanga league which is the wet weather tournament there and uh, several players yeah. back in the 70s and 80s several players used to get uh, uh, nicknames of west indian players so you had uh, you know marshal patel and you had uh, people all nicknamed after west indian cricketers depending on how they played so <laughs> it's a nickname i think nickname okay. cricket is a very yeah. interesting theme it should be explored for a long form piece yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i mean uh, uh, so coming back to the relationship uh, between cricketers how do you balance it i mean i guess uh, you know you're close enough for tamim ikbal to call you when he is uh, in uh, his life is in danger but at some point of time you also have to criticize tamim right how does that work it um Yeah I mean I'm 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 I really like the guy because I think he's uh, he's quite honest and he has changed a lot he's become so matured now uh, Tamim was had a long career where he was it, it took him 7 or 8 years to realize how good he is I think since 2015 he scored a lot of runs but uh, the balance is very hard to find in 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 Bangladesh but so far I think I'm probably one of the few who um we do, we I don't really socialize with them I mean that's there's no culture of that but there's a lot of long conversations we have off the record and and obviously we are now you know i think one change is uh, said i think you can see it all over the world now you you have guys like uh, freddy wild you have guys like tim wigmore you have guys like will mcpherson in india you have a lot of young guys who are almost as old as the cricketers you know in yeah. pakistan with umar um, I, i'm not i'm not saying that people are getting old but i'm trying, trying to say that you now get a lot of young journalists really young journalists i think a lot of these players are close to my age i played against tamim i played against mushfiq i've i've played against shakib once so i have always been uh, around their age group as well so maybe that's why they sometimes feel feel comfortable there's not a lot of people who feel comfortable talking to me but i have i've had my uh, problems with tamim in the past writing this writing that he didn't like this i didn't like that a lot of things have happened but one thing that i really admire about uh, mashrafi and tamim the mashrafi comes into they really know what a journalist has to do so mashrafi surely does he he's now a politician so he knows a lot better than a lot of them but i think tamim is also coming to terms with the fact that yeah it's, people will criticize him and again yeah people will write nice things about him um he has gone through a lot i think he has gone through a lot of trolling as well which he doesn't he never appreciated it then he realized that it's it's not about what people say say about you it's people it's what you do in the field so i think he focused more on cricket and he's obviously scored a lot of runs in the last four years having uh, been a regular uh, <laughs> a visitor to bangla cricket forum 
I'm imagining that uh, Bangla Twitter and Bangla Facebook is uh, equally like intense and passionate and critical and full of uh, high high energy. Um, not Twitter. Twitter, I haven't found a lot of energy, but Facebook, um, it is it is like. I think I hear all my colleagues criticize WhatsApp in India. Ah, uh, yeah. Same thing for Facebook in Bangladesh. Oh, okay, that level. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, have they have they forgo- have they forgiven uh, Rohit Sharma yet, or is it? <laughs> I think too soon. I think Mustafa is too scared of it. In 2015 series, took him out three times, and then people just, as I said, Ashoka, they, they just forget about it. They move on. They now with the World Cup coming up, maybe you don't know. They might get reminded of Rohit Sharma again. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing. The the fact that they forget is very good because you know you don't want them to go on uh, going on about Rohit Sharma. But also, you know, if the fact that they'll forget Christchurch so soon is also not that that good a thing. Yeah, there are good sides and bad sides. But I think one thing that really um, uh, a lot of people have realized that uh, it's it's not just a passionate uh, it's not just a passionate uh, crowd. Um, you'll see a lot of people who really, really understand cricket, and not just old people. You have some of the younger guys, I, and I, it's reflective in in a lot of these writings that come off now. There's a lot of young Bangladeshi journalists. Uh, I don't know um, whether you know this, but I think now more than half the journalists in Bangladesh, they're I think less than 30 years old. So I'm now not part of that that group. You have 20, 22 year olds starting off from early in their internships and everything. I think. That's the best part. I think with more young people writing about cricket and you get a fresh perspective, but also you don't have that baggage about losing so much. And, you know, I, I, I have met people who have never seen Bangladesh lose 40 games in a row. But I've also uh, worked with people who have only seen them do that. So things change slowly. So you're saying there are people uh, who are coming up writing on cricket who haven't uh, watched Mohamed Rafiq bowl? Yeah, yeah, of course. They haven't, <laughs> bat. they haven't seen Habil Bashar bat. You'll see, I think journalists will come. Oh up. my God. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they haven't. Because Dude. Habil Bashar retired in 2007, 2007, 8, in the end of 2007. So there's a lot of journalists who've never seen him bat. I think there will be a time when there will be people who don't know Ashraful. Oh Very my goodness. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of yeah, people out these days. That makes me feel extremely old because, uh, you know, of all, I, I remember uh, following Bangladesh cricket pretty closely back in the early 2000s when they started testing. Even before, you know, of course, Athar Ali Khan and all such a stylish batsman. But a uh, little when they came in, you know, and Rafiq was always uh, my favourite. My favourite Bangla. If I have to pick a favourite Bangladesh cricketer, I have to go with Mohamed Rafiq. And that test match in Fatula against Australia, my heart broke for him. I, I mean, I just that one, that one match... He could have Australia could have said okay for the Rafiq's sake they will give him that match. <laughs> also, he bowled very well in the Multan Test that uh, Inzamam won. Inzamam, correct. Inzamam, yes, of course. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't manket one batsman, uh, Shabbir Ahmed, I think, or Umar Gul. I forgot. Right when they needed one wicket, people really don't talk about it. But I did a. I was there with all the all of them, and yeah, it, it also came up. The captain didn't mind later, but it was always in the. Because the batsman was actually walking out quite early in the last two balls. And Rafik actually looked at him and he said, look, you're out. You're outside. I could run you out. He didn't do it. Wow. Yeah, he, he, was, uh, he, did, the, he did a Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ashwin would never approve of such, such things. <laughs> <laughs> There's one fun question we can probably end with. And yeah. uh, that is from... Um, uh, wait, yeah, that is from uh, Chin Music. At Chin Music, he says, uh, talking about the Bangladesh World Cup jersey, uh, which is your favorite? And uh, does 2019 even la- rank in your list of favorites? No, the 2019 ones aren't great. <laughs> I think I think the best jersey that they wore was in the uh, 2015 World Cup. It was a beautiful jersey. I thought they could have repeated it. They did repeat it for a few series, but then they just stopped wearing it. Uh, didn't didn't you like the uh, jersey that they wore uh, in that uh, tri series against uh, Australia and England in 2005 when Ashraful made uh, those that those runs? No, 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 it wasn't great. And uh, Sid, you should also check out their jersey from the 2000 Asia Cup. It is probably the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did it have... Remember, Sabah Karim got hurt on the face and his yes. career ended. Yes. 
at okay. that tournament. Definitely I've, check out the. I've jersey. forgotten the jersey, but I'll definitely check it out. I remember the tournament though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ashoka, you have anything else? Uh, nothing else. Just I was just uh, as uh, Isam was talking about their first test and how they accelerated. The only thing that kept coming back to me was, man, Sunil Joshi was man of the match in that, right? Oh yes. And, and I was quietly going and googling that to see if I'm right, if my memory was right about it. Oh my God, that was such a bad moment, man. I mean, <laughs> why? I mean, in the sense that I. i distinctly felt that because at that point in time i was far younger and uh, far more uh, in the sense india centric support of uh, of cricket and i thought uh, these are the new guys we will crush them and stuff like that and and bangladesh comes and makes 400 already you are like the fears of because at that point in time uh, uh, there was this jayasurya factor to take care of because uh, we go to sri lanka we get hammered i thought oh yeah. this is another thing that this is another country that has popped up nearby to hammer us so 400 400 in the first innings and yeah. you see that such a, i mean uh, we kind of lose wickets until sunil joshi comes and makes 90 he also i yeah. think picks up some five wickets up, i don't remember yeah. this right yeah four wickets so, yeah he he does that and then the second innings uh, bangladesh collapses and then dravid comes and finishes it off and It's yeah. a sign of relief, but I also keep thinking, man, is Sunil Joshi the man of the match? Is And Sunil the... Joshi is their spin bowling coach now, by the way. Correct, correct. <laughs> And yeah, Sunil, yeah. Sunil Joshi was in Christchurch. I mean, he was in the hotel, I guess, but he was there. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, yes. So, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, episode of Eighty-One uh, All Out, uh, Mama Desam, a special guest to have, and telling us all about Bangladesh cricket. You can read uh, Isam on uh, ESPN Cricket Info. I'll link a few of the articles that he has written, and follow him. Uh, he's going to be in the UK uh, covering the World Cup and um, uh, writing about Bangladesh cricket, and hopefully writing about a very special moment in their cricketing history. So, you can uh, follow us on. Um, Eighty uh, one all out on Twitter, and you can also subscribe to our podcasts on uh, iTunes and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. And keep listening. And thank you so much. <laughs>